You're listening to Beat Autoimmune and Thrive, the podcast all about reversing and preventing autoimmune conditions so you can live your most vibrant life as soon as possible. We talk about autoimmune root causes, actionable solutions, and inspirational healing stories. I'm Palmer Kippola, and I used to have MS. Today, I'm an author, a speaker, a functional medicine certified health coach, a pickleball player, and nature lover who's helped thousands of people reclaim their health and their best lives. Let's dive into this episode. Welcome, everyone. I am delighted to be joined by Dr. Christine Schaffner. Dr. Schaffner is a board-certified naturopathic physician who specializes in helping people recover from complex chronic illness with a combination of ancient wisdom and cutting-edge biological, natural, and energy medicine and treatments. She has her own clinics called Imminence Health in California and Washington State, and she sees people virtually too. Dr. Schaffner also has a terrific podcast called The Spectrum of Health, where she interviews leading experts on a wide variety of topics. And I was honored to be a guest on her podcast several months ago on how to beat autoimmune. What I appreciate about you so much, Dr. Schaffner, is your openness, your compassion, your collaborative nature, and your passion for educating patients as well as other practitioners about deep root causes that are often overlooked when it comes to reversing autoimmunity and other complex health conditions. I'm also delighted to call you a friend, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for that heartwarming introduction. That really means a lot. And it's so lovely to be here. I love that we're swapping sides of the interview process and it's really (laughs) good to be interviewed by you now. Absolutely. And not a moment too soon because we have a world of people seeking to heal from complex chronic health issues like autoimmunity. In fact, I read a study recently that said half of all people in the United States and probably in all Western countries are dealing with at least one chronic health issue. Mm -hmm. And that is a massive problem. So I am super excited to dig deeply into the topic of lymphatic system and how to heal that uh, with you today. Because from my high level understanding, this is literally our trash removal system. So imagine what would happen If the trash in your home didn't get picked up and disposed of, what would happen then? It sounds pretty awful, right? So this is an area that's often overlooked, not only by Western medicine, but I think by natural medicine too. And that's a big mistake. And you're here to share why. So I'm going to just kick this off with having you help us to understand the lymphatic system. Why is this important? Let's do a one-on-one level on the lymph system. Great. Happy to. And I'm so glad that we're talking to your audience, especially those with autoimmune illnesses about the lymphatic system. Like you said, Palmer, I feel like this is one of the most overlooked systems in the body. And I think it's one of the most rewarding systems to treat. So when patients come to see me, they've often seen dozens of doctors and tried a lot of things. And sometimes I think there's this misconception. If we hear the lymphatic system, we think there's has to be um, edema and huge areas of swollenness and swelling in the body. And that's not the case. It can be more subtle. Of course, that's one um, spectrum of presentation of lymph uh, congestion and stagnation, but many people who are suffering from a chronic illness do have their lymphatic system impacted. And as you mentioned, you know, the lymphatic system is this 
body-wide network. It ha we have lymphatic um, vessels, we have nodes, we have organs, um, and we have key areas in the body where there are more groupings of lymphatic um, nodes. And the job of the lymphatic system is, yes, it's absolutely the waste removal system, but it's also an area where we survey our immune system. So essentially our immune system uh, fights infection and pathogen in the system. So you might have a sore throat or notice you have swollen lymph nodes or patients with um, Bartonella infections or persistent Lyme disease can have uh, lymphatic congestion, um, especially in their cervical lymph nodes. And so um, it's a big part of how our immune system tells us, okay, what pathogen is affecting us and how do we mount a response? And so again, you can see this intersection, especially when we deal with autoimmunity. My view of autoimmunity is that your, your body isn't wildly just randomly turning on it itself. There is a complex um, miscommunication that's happening that I feel that is uh, triggered by environmental toxicants and uh, stealth pathogens that um, are kind of underlying an autoimmune illnesses. So, you know, when you think about those two buckets, you know, the lymphatic system is that intersection that we're dealing with both of those things. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of a high level overview. Um, we think of the tonsils, we think of the thymus, we think of the spleen, the appendix, we have the Peyer's patches, um, you know, in the uh, gut. Um, so those are key lymphatic areas. Uh, for women, our breasts are um, really a lot of lymphatic tissue. So if you have any breast, um, you know, swelling before uh, your menstrual cycle, or if you have these benign cysts, um, you know, in your breast called fibroadenomas or fibrocystic breast um, disease that can be um, improved by draining and properly draining your lymphatic system. So there's a lot of key lymphatic um, vessels and nodes around the breast tissue, the armpits um, around the bikini line and the groin that kind of drains our reproductive organs, as well as our, um, our lower extremities. Um, so and then we can, of course, talk about the lymphatic system, which is this lymph system in the brain that I love talking about and sharing information around. So, so as you kind of see this picture that gets painted, that it's this body-wide network and this body-wide system, um, that if it's not moving, it can affect not only the local tissues, but distant tissues. And so we need to get this whole system draining and moving for our bodies to be healthy. Wow, that mm -hmm. is so beautifully stated. Mm -hmm. And my understanding, and help me understand this better, is that about 75% of our body's fluid is actually lymph? Is that yeah. right? As opposed to... So yes. maybe more than blood? Is that right? That's correct. Um, wow. You know, there we have actually more lymph than blood circulating in our bodies, as you said. Wow. And our lymphatic system is very tied into our circulatory system. So, um, you know, we know that we have the arteries and the veins moving blood around the body. And there's this kind of in our um, in our tissues in our body, there's this in exchange and what we call the capillary bed. So that's when blood is moving from an artery into a vein and getting returned to the heart. And in that process, we move lymph out of that capillary space and you know, some of it gets returned to the venous system, but a lot of it gets um, exited to that interstitial space, which is that kind of space in between the cells. And it brings in nutrition, 
to the cells, but it removes waste and then gets drained into the lymphatic network and then gets returned to the heart. And so, um, you know, there's so much anatomy to dive into, you know, when we look at the lymphatic system, um, but we, why we um, look at it in connection with the circulatory system, we know that the circulatory system has this um, pumping nature. And, you know, we know that um, there's just this movement that happens because of our heart and because of uh, the fluid dynamics in our circulatory system that it moves on its own. However, part of why our lymphatic system becomes sluggish is because it doesn't have the same pumping action um, that the, um, the circulatory system does. And so we really rely on movement and kind of our own bodies. Um, you know, that's why exercise is really good for us. And we can talk about all sorts of other things, but if our body isn't moving and we're not really working on moving this fluid, it can become stagnant. And when it gets stagnant, then we don't have that waste removal. And then these things build up in our tissues and can create um, inflammatory processes and can create, you know, kind of this, um, you know, when you think of a traffic jam, if you will. So if one area is that there's a traffic jam on one street, it can affect, you know, the whole city. Um, but, you know, we have to adjust uh, um, where, you know, get things moving in that congested area for the whole system to, to drain. Got it. Got it. Well, it sounds very complex. And I just have a couple more questions about the actual description or definition of mm -hmm. the lymph system, because I hear a lot about the intracellular or is it extracellular matrix that between mm -hmm. cell area and mm -hmm. fascia. So mm -hmm. is that part of the lymph system or not? Yeah, I'm so glad you um, touched on these topics. These are things that I am fascinated by, and they're all interconnected. You know, when we think about the body, when we learn about anatomy in school, you know, we think the body is there are these compartments, right? That the, everything, you know, has its place, and you know, of course, they communicate. But I think that you know, we're trying to describe this interconnected network when we look at things. So we have um, the fascia, and the fascia has been thought of this like saran wrap around our muscles and our tissues, and you know when we learned about it um, in school, we think of it as a really structural aspect of our body. But what we're learning more is it's really this body-wide network. It's another communication network. Um, fascia is actually structured water. Um, so fascia actually not only is collagen, but it's structured water in our body. And the work of Gina Bria, you should have her on your podcast if you haven't already, Palmer. She is on um, the Hydration Foundation and she works closely with Dr. Gerald Pollack on this topic. Fabulous. Um, yeah. And, you know, this whole idea of exclusion zone water. And so she talks about how the fascia is this water irrigation system in the body. And so then we have the, so we have our skin, we have our fascia. And then um, our fascia kind of flows into what we call the interstitium. And the interstitium is this, again, body-wide network of fluid. So it's kind of the fluid between all of these um, kind of fascial network. And then that drains um, that, you know, the fascia, the interstitium can be considered maybe pre-lymph and that drains into the lymphatic system. Of course, um, you know, there's this concept of the extracellular matrix that you so poignantly asked about, and that all is related to, right? So the extracellular <laughs> matrix is this um, space between our cells. And, um, you know, I've studied German biological medicine and uh, Dr. Um, Alfred Pischinger wrote a book called the extracellular matrix and ground regulation. He really talked about every disease starts within the matrix. So he was a big wow. proponent that if the extracellular matrix is not 
communicating properly or there is a buildup of metabolic waste that normally occurs or a buildup of environmental toxicants or in my framework or stealth pathogens feeding on proteins and collagen and so forth, then, then the, basically the cells can't communicate and we lose that communication network and disease starts. So, um, so if, you know, I wish I could just give you a visual here, but I always like to show the picture of the extracellular matrix and, you know, you'll see things like collagen and hyaluronic acid and elastin and fibroblasts and mast cells. And it's kind of the capillaries are on one end and then the lymph vessels are on another end. So again, that lymph is moving through this space mm. and it's on its way to the lymph um, lymphatic vessels. Um, however, if this area is not working properly, you could see all of the things that could start to uh, go awry. So that's probably too long winded of an answer, oh, but you know, but I, um, you know, but that's, you know, that's kind of the space that we're talking about. You know, and this just, it's hitting me in the sense of, we don't hear about this. It's mm-hmm. not discussed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's sort of a new frontier. So there's one part of it where, you know, scientists and doctors are just learning about a lot of this stuff and we're having mm-hmm. new understandings happening all the time. And that's what I love about you is that you're constantly curious to learn about all of this. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's amazing to me that this is kind of a missing piece in the whole mm-hmm. equation of healing. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I wonder, because you've seen so many complex chronic illness cases mm-hmm. in your career, is this something that everyone with a complex chronic health condition should be concerned about or needs to pay attention to? Or mm-hmm. are there particular cases or people or instances where it becomes even more important? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really the foundation of our health. And if you have a chronic illness, you know that, um, you know, the, you need to work on the foundations of your health. So I really feel like everybody can benefit from looking at their lymphatic system, doing things that are going to improve the flow and drainage in the lymphatic system. Um, so I, I really do feel all my patients need to work on it to different degrees. Of course, some people can have, of course, more um, congestion and stagnation in that system than others. But I think because again, how it's so key into removing waste and helping our immune systems fight infection, um, it really is the foundation of treatment. So it's interesting because so often we hear about the liver and liver stagnation and things backing up and needing to detox and we don't hear it being a lymph problem. Are there specific signs and symptoms that would let people know that, oh, this is a lymph issue. And I'm thinking of like, when you have swollen glands, for example, that's a dead giveaway, right? Sure. And the cyst that you mentioned that might even be benign, mm-hmm. you know, the ovarian cyst, the breast cyst, men, do they have a particular manifestation of blocked lymph that would be obvious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, for men, it can be around prostate health, but um, again, when you think about signs of lymph congestion, I can just walk us through, you know, there can be things like brain fog, even insomnia. When we talk about the lymphatic system today, we'll know that if we're not sleeping, our lymph isn't draining in our brain. So that can be related. Chronic sinus congestion because of lymph um, stagnation, um, sore throats, um, thyroid issues, um, breast pathology, gut issues for sure. I mean, again, how we talk about the liver and the bile, I find that that ties intimately with the lymphatic system. 
one of the things that I've learned over the years is that there could be a buildup of lymph actually behind the intestines. Um, wow. And if that isn't draining, that can create um, stagnation and pooling in the abdomen. Um, so there can be bloating, swollen, um, you know, abdomens, but it also can be any chronic digestive issues. Um, a lot of women who have signs and symptoms around their reproductive um, organs, uh, whether it's um, premenstrual syndrome, endometriosis, fibroids, um, infertility. I mean, I think that can all be related. Um, Bladder issues, interstitial cystitis, um, swollen legs, pain. Pain is absolutely interconnected. You know, when we talk about pain, we think about, um, you know, again, it can be in joints, but a lot of it, you know, when we think of fibromyalgia patients, it's in their fascia, right? In the connective tissue. So, you know, what is happening in the connective tissue that's creating these pain signals? I believe it's this buildup of, you know, waste and this inability to deal with our, um, you know, our immune system to deal with these stealth pathogens that's kicking up inflammation and our body's trying really hard, you know, our body's not trying to do anything, you know, to hurt us. It's just, it's trying to deal with a really tough set of scenarios to, um, you know, remain balanced and it just needs more help. Yeah. I am so glad you mentioned all of these things. It sounds like a a huge long list. And I can't think of a single person that wouldn't benefit from addressing the lymph system because it sounds like you just mentioned everything across the board. I mean, Mm -hmm. it really is the full picture of the person who's trying to deal from autoimmune issues Mm -hmm. is dealing with all of those symptoms or some portion thereof Mm -hmm. that would benefit from working with lymph. And and just before we drill down deeper, do you see that your patients who focus on addressing their lymph flow and improving things, do they get better? I mean, what it, what do you see in terms yeah. of before and after? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, as you, you know, um, learn more about this, you know, you just can't not see it anymore. Right. And it's just kind of, I believe this fabric, you know, that interconnects our body. Right. So the lymphatic system is huge. And I feel that, um, you know, when I work with a patient, a lot of what I do is how can I get their system flowing? Right. And how can I remove blocks and obstacles of their body's regulation capacity? And so one of those key, you know, hallmarks that we work on is the lymphatic system and how to get that moving. And so I see patients, you know, feel better once we um, get the system working better and it lays the foundation, Palmer, if I have to treat Lyme disease or if I have to get mercury out of someone's body, if I don't address this system, people can have more side effects and reactions and, you know, and they can feel worse. And so I think in the world of complex chronic illness, and I mean, I admire patients so much in their courage, a lot of them, you know, get excited when they're feeling worse because they think something's happening, you know, and that they're, they're going to feel better on the other end of it. But I, you know, I just don't think it has to be that way. I think mm-hmm. that we really lay the foundation, support the organs of elimination. Yes, you have to move through some discomfort, but you shouldn't have these horrible flares and these horrible um you know, side effects from treatment when you're getting to key areas. So yes, I think moving the lymphatic system helps lay the foundation for these other treatments. One thing, you know, a few things we can talk about in that, um, in that way is that some people, if you've had a, if you have a chronic viral load or a chronic pathogen that you're working on and you start getting your lymphatic system moving, and maybe we don't have other things addressed yet. Some people can feel flu-like right, you know, after like a lymphatic drainage massage and we navigate that and we figure out how to support you, but it 
just is, um, it definitely is for me kind of a, um, it's definitely a proof that the lymphatic system needs support. Um, so it's not that the lymph treatment was bad for you. It's just like, Hey, we're waking up your immune system and how do we support your immune system and then your other pathways so that you don't have those flares, um, around treatment. So, um, that's something to think about. And if you don't mind, I'll just touch on scars and how they affect the lymphatic system. Um, so when I see people again, you know, we're looking at this idea of where is the body blocked from the ability to self-regulate. And so there's lots of, you know, ways that we can look at this, but uh, tying it into fascia and lymphatics. Um, I was trained in a technique called neural therapy it comes out of Germany, you know, 1920s, I think it was developed. And it's this idea of looking at how to improve regulation in the body. So neurotherapy looks at how to improve communication in the autonomic nervous system. So they'll look at ganglia and look at different organs to support. And then we look at scars and scars can be areas of injury, right? So they can happen from, um, surgeries from trauma. Um, and you know, the body is so amazing how we heal, but when we create scar tissue, it doesn't have the same properties as the surrounding fascia. And it can create a blockage in that fascial communication, that fascial network, the surrounding lymph, and it can also affect, um, the communication to the nervous system and scars can also hold emotional trauma. So one of the techniques we do is identify if a scar is significantly, um, blocking communication and the ability to self-regulate. And then we do treatments. So if you were in my office, I would do neurotherapy and I, I would inject the scar In the injection. We use procaine. Um, it's a, a local anesthetic. Um, we get it compounded. It's very safe and well-tolerated. And the procaine helps to break down the scar tissue, improve circulation and blood flow, and also help with uh, reset the membrane potential of the cells in the scar. And all of that can also flush out toxicity in the area and restore communication. And then some people, um, you know, I always give the example of a C-section scar because I've treated so many of them and some women might have an emotional release around that time. And then, you know, what does all that do? It improves flow and drainage and communication in that tissue. So I feel that scar therapy can be um, another overlooked um, way to get this in the lymphatic system moving. If you don't have access to a neurotherapist, there can be topicals that we can use or even light or microneedling or, you know, other ways to kind of open up that, um, those pathways in that network. But I find that that is also part of how I work with people to get their system moving. Oh, I'm so glad you touched on that because mm-hmm. I just think that we're not digging deeply enough and people aren't healing fully. And sometimes they're wondering what is going, I've tried everything and I'm still not getting better. Mm-hmm. And these are things that it's like, you, you just need to have bigger tools in the toolbox. You need mm-hmm. a bigger toolbox to be able mm-hmm. to work with somebody like Dr. Schaffner. I personally have done scar therapy with an energy medicine practitioner and an integrative physician who actually had me using clay, like a bentonite clay Mm -hmm. on my scars. Some, it was more than just the clay. And I can't remember what went in it. I think it was part of Dr. Cowden's protocol from healing Mm -hmm. Lyme and so forth. Um, And part of it was even the navel. So if you think about scars, Mm -hmm. our Mm -hmm. own belly buttons our scars, mm-hmm. right? I mean, isn't that a crazy concept? Mm-hmm. Like know. each one of yeah. us <laughs> has this, right? Mm-hmm. But I have scars from other things and climbing this redwood fence and I got hung up on it under my arm and who knew, right? right? 
Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, I never learned that in school, you know, right. And so it's um, something and it's so rewarding to treat. And yeah, we treat the uh, belly button, the umbilicus, you know, I always, um, when that test people kind of like, don't, you know, think, oh, you know, my uh, belly button's a scar. And, you know, that has to do about, you know, like your connection with your mom and how you came into the world. And, you know, a lot of um, people have had traumatic birth stories, right? And so it helps to just open up the healing, you know, for for those, um, you know, uh, somatic memories that can be stored in the body. And when you think about the belly button too, it's in this, um, the center of our digestion. Um, there's a lot of lymphatic drainage, you know, in that area. And then if you kind of connect with the chakra system too, it's our solar plexus. It's kind of our power center in the body. So there's a lot happening, you know, in our abdomen. Um, and that's um, something that I, I look at often. Oh my goodness. Okay. I kind of want to jump into treatment, but before we do and talk about therapies, what is blocking our lymph from flowing? What is Mm -hmm. happening that's harming us? Because I think, well, it's my perspective that one of the first rules of healing is actually removing the blockages, removing Mm -hmm. things that are harming us, the inflammatory Mm -hmm. foods, the unnecessary medications, the negative thinking, right? Mm-hmm. You want to clear mm-hmm. all that stuff out. Mm-hmm. So what are what's getting in the way that our lymph isn't actually doing what it's supposed to do? Yeah, absolutely. And I have the same, you know, philosophy as well. And so, you know, there's a lot of different things, right? And so when we look at a person who's been uh, chronically ill for a long time, we look at what is blocking their regulation and what are interference fields. And interference fields can have an um, aspect um, that they can be affecting our lymphatics. And so I talked about scars. So scars are in the area of interference fields. And then there's also this idea of um, a focal infection. And a focal infection can be an area that the body can, is not responding or reacting to or clearing anymore, but it can be a source of chronic pathogens that can be you know, affecting and draining energy in our body and affecting our lymphatics. So we look at the mouth a lot. Unfortunately, a lot goes wrong in the mouth. Um, and a lot of our, the root cause of a lot of these autoimmune issues and a lot of our chronic illnesses have an uh, etiology in the mouth. And yes. so we look at amalgam fillings that unfortunately there's still, um, you know, um, widespread and amalgam fillings are silver fillings. They have mercury, a known neurotoxin. So if you have um, this constant release of mercury vapor over time, that can not only be neurotoxic and affect your, your brain and your central nervous system, but that can also affect your lymphatic system, right? So the lymphatics that drain the mouth, the tonsils, um, root canal teeth or focal infections, they are basically dead teeth that um, harbor bacteria over time. And that can also poison the lymphatic system. Um, and then the wisdom tooth cavitation site, um, that is a really um, common area in our patients that get overlooked. And so that's an area of, you know, the wisdom tooth is extracted that never properly heals. There can be chronic, um, basically necrotic bone in that area that can be just a reservoir of bugs that can just be draining and affecting the lymphatic system the vagus nerve, all of these things. So when we look at focal infections, so focal infections can be in the mouth, they can be the tonsils. So if someone has had a chronic history of mono or strep or even any dental pathology, um, that tissue, I, I reflect on this a lot. Um, the tonsils seem to be a big area of immune dysregulation for patients who have a chronic illness. And I think it's such key tissue because it connects the brain 
to the gut via the lymphatics, right? And so it basically is at the base of the um, brain. So it drains, you know, this, um, you know, the lymph system in the brain, the lymphatic system drains through this tissue. And then it's the top of the gut associated lymphatic tissue. So if anything is not, um, healthy in that tissue, it can be, um, you know, Dr. Boshani even talks about how strep can enter, you know, the brain via the cribriform plate and create microglial activation in pans and pandas, right. You know, via the tonsils, right. So, so the tonsils are, I'm, I'm always reflecting on more elegant ways to heal that tissue. Some of our patients, unfortunately have to get a tonsillectomy, but they feel so much better afterwards after they heal. So that can be a focal infection. The sinuses can be a focal infection that can be affecting the lymphatic system. Um, I know you're well aware of mold and mold, how that affects our bodies. Um, so either, um, you know, just dysbiosis in the sinuses, right? So we have bacterial overgrowth or we have mold um, producing mycotoxins. So we have mycotoxins and biotoxins in our sinuses that can affect our brain or lymphatics. So, you know, the sinuses, the tonsils, the mouth, um, those can be areas. And then, you know, chronic digestive issues can of course affect the Peyer's patches in the lymphatic system. Another part of the lymphatic system I didn't touch upon in the gut is um, via um part of the lymphatic system in the small intestine is via what we call the lacteals where we absorb fat. And that fat is, you know, the precursor for our hormones and cell membranes. So if that's not working well, we can um, have poor fat assimilation and so forth. Um, and then we just think about, okay, I just walked us through these kind of focal areas in the body. But remember that space that I just told you about, right? That extracellular matrix. And that is the area where stealth pathogens hang out, right? So I treat a lot of Lyme and co-infections. So spirochetes love collagen, love elastin, right? So they're going to degrade that communication fiber in our body. Um, heavy metals have a charge that they like to bind to these sulfated um, glycoproteins in the, um, in the extracellular matrix and affect communication. Glyphosate affects our collagen, you know, basically Just thinking that, it, yeah, it gets, you know, the, the cool, the thing that I reflect on and I talked to Dr. Sen, if I want to flesh this idea, when she talks about glyphosate, right? So glyphosate is gly, glycine, glycine is a building block of collagen. So we're inundated, unfortunately, even if you like eat everything, right. You still, unfortunately are exposed to glyphosate. So why this, you know, where we're thinking why we see so much chronic illness, you know, and the trends really do happen after 1996 and roundup and all this. And, um, you know, when I reflect on it, I think, wow. So, and Stephanie, she, Dr. Senem, she talks about this, how um, glyphosate can be incorporated where we should have glycine in our body. So then we have glyphosate in our collagen, right? And if collagen is this fiber optic semiconductor in the body, that's really key to how light gets conducted, how electrons get conducted. The thing that's so sinister about it, we basically have blocks in our communication fibers in our body via the collagen. You know, collagen is the most abundant protein in our body. So um, I took us down that route, but it's just, that's where, you know, glyphosate, I think why it's so disruptive. I mean, there's so many mechanisms that it disrupts, but I, when I think about like, why are people so sick with this? It's like, oh, it's totally blocking our communication pathways in our body. It's, it's devastating. And hearing you talk about all of this, it's like, oh my God, (laughs) it is, but it's ubiquitous, right? Mm -hmm. I am seeing more and more people with collagen related autoimmunity 
where the immune system is attacking the collagen. Well, no surprise, because Dr. Voshani talks about these neoantigens, right? Mm. These new antigens that are formed when, let's say, BPA binds with your your own tissue, or I'm imagining now glyphosate is actually Mm. docked in those places where glycine should go. Mm. And instead it gets hijacked. I may be oversimplifying this, but if, if glyphosate is getting in there, your immune system is just trying to do its job to attack the glyphosate, but it mm-hmm. ends up attacking that whole tissue because mm-hmm. your cell, it doesn't recognize this new antigen that mm-hmm. is the glyphosate with that's kind of docked into your own tissue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think these collagen um, autoimmune illnesses are absolutely related to all the assaults of our collagen, right? And your body is not you know, randomly attacking your collagen, your body's trying to deal with an environmental burden that is, you know, when we just talk about all this, it's amazing. We're all alive. I know. know. Okay. So we, we, we've got to get out of this mess now. You're going to take us to um, the Holy grail, which Mm -hmm. is to free up our lymph flow Mm -hmm. and to help it it do its job. I mean, our bodies Mm -hmm. are supposed to maintain homeostasis, right? To get back Mm -hmm. to balance so it can do its job. Mm -hmm. And our job is to clear the interference. Our job Mm -hmm. is to seek and find these focal infections, all of these things that we both talk about a lot, the heavy metals, the molds, the you name it with the infections, the Lyme and co-infections and on and on and parasites and oh my goodness, candida. So mm-hmm. we remove these things, but what can we do in addition to those more obvious like removal processes and treating those areas? What do you recommend that we do to help our lymph flow? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And there's a lot we can do. So um, again, working with someone like Palmer, a practitioner who can help you with a checklist of what we just went over and come up with a plan if you do have one of these interference fields. However, you can, you know, walking movement is one of the most wonderful ways to get your lymph moving, right? There's also rebounders that are like these little mini trampolines that you can have in your home and that up and down movement can get uh, the lymphatics moving. There are vibration plates that are becoming more affordable even to have at home that you can use to move the lymph. Um, Dry skin brushing has been a naturopathic treatment for a long time where you can actually use dry skin brushes um, to like manually move your lymph. Um, You can also work with skilled lymphatic drainage practitioners, you know, who can, I find like if you have an autoimmune illness or chronic illness, you might really want to work with someone um, to get your lymph moving. And there's all sorts of different manual techniques or even um, equipment. Um, I'll have to connect to you, Palmer, to my friend, Kelly Kennedy, and she is like a lymphatic goddess on the East coast. And she talks about lymph all day long. And she introduced me to an equipment um, from this woman that she developed in New Zealand. Her name is Desiree Desponge and she's a lymphologist. So I didn't even know that was a oh, cool for that. So, and she created a system called flow presso, and it's basically a compression suit Um, that helps to manually um, through compression, move lymph in your body, but then it's combined with infrared and PEMF. So infrared, you know, that's nice heating kind of wavelength of light that can penetrate your tissues. But why I think the infrared is so um, important is it's organizing or structuring the water in our bodies and it's structuring the fluid, the lymph in our bodies. And when we have more structured water in our bodies, 
we have more flow, we have more circulation, we have more movement, we have more charge. And so I think that that is, you know, another fun um, reason why that works. And then the PEMP adds healthy frequencies to help increase our cell voltage. So our bodies work well. So I, um, I have just gotten the equipment and I'm having really fun, a lot of fun with that. So there's, um, you know, practitioners and technologies. Um, and then there's topicals, right? Castor oil is, you know, tried and true. I use castor oil a lot, not only on the liver, but also on the abdomen, right? So you can put it on the abdomen. You can put it on your breasts, you know, too, to help with limb stagnation. You can even put it on your neck. Um, the neck is an area that we really focus on. I see a lot of neurological illnesses. So we want to have that lymphatic system draining better. And if the, the lymph in the brain needs to exit via the channel in the neck, and if that's not moving well, or that's congested, you can have more buildup of lymph in the brain and then that can lead to problems. And so we have people do self-lymphatic drainage massage. You can put castor oil. Um, we have this flow cream that our friend, Dr. Marco Ruggiero developed, and it has a um, probiotic that makes a peptide called macrophage activating factor. And it's combined with uh, vitamin D3, oleic acid and chondroitin sulfate. And when you put it topically, it helps to, it goes through the skin, through the fascia, through the interstitium, into the lymphatics to get um, that movement as well as support the immune system with any chronic pathogens. So we have a lot of success with the flow cream and we just created a Sophia flow plus that has uh, CBD from a full spectrum cannabidiol extract. So I'm really excited to see how it works with our CB2 receptors and helps to initiate more immune modulation um, with uh, CBD and also the hope for anti-inflammatory effects and pain, of course, as well. Um, and then there's also another tool I like, um, BioPure makes a product called the DO, which is an herbal-based deodorant stick that where you apply it, you can put it on your neck, your clavicle, your underarms, um, your breasts, your bikini line, um, at the bottoms of your feet at night, and that can help to drain the lymph. Um, essential oils can help. I um, I have a good friend, Jody Cohen, who makes an oil called oh, Vibrant yeah. Blue Oil Lymph, and that's a really beautiful blend that I have a lot of people put on. Um, and then in the facial world, there are these things called guasha. There are these like gemstone, you know, things that you can kind of move lymph in your, your face. Um, so that can be helpful. Um, light can be helpful. Like I just said with the flow presso. So, um, that has infrared. Um, however, there's infrared in our saunas. Um, I love the sauna space photon. That's a near infrared light that I keep on my desk and that can help, you know, move lymph as well. Um, Herbs, you know, herbs can be, of course, helpful, internal herbs. Um, I love things like cleaver and nettles and red root and, um, you know, um, red clover. Um, I actually forgot. I also created a topical. I have a, a, a line called Loom V and we created this little um, oil blend called Lymphogen and it has an oil infusion. Um, so it's castor oil and other, you know, um, nourishing oils. And it's infused with nettles, calendula, red root, uh, red clover. Um, and then it has three essential oils, uh, frankincense, heliochrysum, and geranium. So it's in this little roller ball and it smells good. So you can just kind of put it on and move your limb. Um, so there's lots of tools. And then I can't forget hydration, right? So hydration is really important to move this water and this fluid in your body. So I always love people to get, of course, clean water. So our water, I'm sure you've educated people about, you know, making sure that the fluoride's out of the water, the heavy metals, the glyphosate, and then adding minerals. So 
like electrolytes to the water. And then if you want to get fancy, you can structure your water, you know, so you can actually structure the water. Um, and then um, you can do all sorts of things with water, but, you know, being well hydrated um, can also support the lymphatic system. Um, so I think I, those are the things in the top oh my of my goodness. head, you know, so there's Fantastic. a lot, you, you know, there's definitely a lot you can do. I love it. I love it. There were two things that I missed the spelling on that I okay. need to actually have you restate. And one was, you said it was a deodorant, but you could put it on your neck and yeah. say, and it's a BioPure product. Yeah, How do you Bio spell Pure, that? Um, it's called BioPure D-O, so D-E-O. So it's oh. like uh, like deodorant, but it's not a deodorant that you use to, um, you know, as an uh, antiperspirant, it's actually a um, deodorant. It's just an herbally prepared a formula that helps to get the lymph moving via the skin. Got it. Got it. And the last product that you mentioned, Lymphagen, is that? Um, Lymphagem, like gemstone. Gemstone. That's it. So yeah, so that's a fun product that I'll, um, you know, I'll have to share with you, Paula. It's been, it was fun to create and it's, um, you can just kind of apply it and, you know, key in lymph areas and put in your purse or your bag and, you know, go on with your day. (laughs) I love it. Well, this has been such a fantastic discussion. And I'm thinking that we have offered, you have offered so much in terms of what people can do for themselves and options for working with a practitioner. I mean, I think this really runs the gamut. And my hope is that people who watch this really appreciate how much of a role the lymph system, and and we have to touch on glymph before we go, Um, how much it's important to take care of your lymph. So it takes care of you by clearing those infections, those toxins, but then these simple lifestyle practices, right? Of just dry brushing maybe before you shower or a nice self-massage before bed. I I am a huge fan of stacking habits. So, you know, doing things right before I meditate and just making it part of a routine or in the morning, you know, as I'm getting ready and I'm putting moisturizer on anyway, could I, you know, give my lymph, you know, a little bit of a massage and boost my oxytocin at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. So, but you also talk about the glymph system. So, and this speaks so much to the importance of sleep and restorative sleep so that Mm -hmm. our brain can literally take out the trash and maybe just touch on the highlights of why this is important and anything that you might have to offer for people to improve their glymphatic flow. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so the glymphatic system is the glial dependent lymphatic system in the brain. So it's actually newly discovered. So it's interesting, you know, um, as you mentioned, like, why don't we talk about these things? Cause they're actually, we don't know, but we haven't known about a lot of these things. Um, the interstitium was just, you know, um, acknowledged by, you know, modern medicine a few years ago. So these are, um, these are new systems in the body to work with. And so when I've learned about the glymphatic system, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is the foundation for our brain health, right? And so when we sleep, our brains actually shrink in size. And what happens is this fluid, um, the lymph basically bathes our brain and it exits our brain via the veins, but then through the lymphatic system. So if you see a visual, um, there are um, arteries going into our brain, bringing blood flow and veins um, draining our brain um, and um, the blood in the brain uh, from the brain and returning into the heart. And the lymph flows along those those veins. So it's basically um, removing um, waste 
but also removing pathogens, environmental toxicants. Um, so the key factors here are we need a good night's sleep. And then we also need a lot of the things I've talked about downstream need to be moving so that our lymph has actually a place to move, right? So if we have lymph stagnation here down, that can actually create pooling of lymph in our brain. And then we've, we've seen, Palmer, there's a couple studies that show, you know, essentially when we don't get a good night's sleep, we have a buildup of amyloid beta in the brain. So amyloid beta is a link to a lot of neurodegenerative diseases and it's naturally occurring and it um, occurs in higher amounts for all sorts of different reasons that we're finding. Um, however, the glymph is actually, the glymphatic system actually helps to remove and get that trash out of the brain. So if we're not sleeping, that builds up. So again, um, it's really important to optimize your sleep, get restorative sleep and I also think part of, you know, a lot of what we do is um, look at, okay, why are our brains sick? You know, and unfortunately it's a buildup of environmental toxicants, pathogens, and so forth. And once things get in the brain, you know, we need to rely on the healthy glymphatic system, but it's also, it takes time, right? So one of our biggest allies as nature intended is the um, melatonin. So um, the pineal gland produces melatonin at night. And that's why it's important to be in touch with our circadian rhythms and, um, you know, light at night and all of the things. So we get the signaling from our pineal gland that it's bedtime to produce melatonin. So mel melatonin helps to get us to sleep, but it also supports our glymphatic system and helps detoxify the brain and help shuttle out heavy metals and viruses and other pathogens um, out of the body. So I feel like, you know, getting a good night's sleep, using melatonin, not only for sleep, but also as a detox agent for the brain, and then opening up the neck with the flow cream or lymphogen or castor oil or whatever you have, um, massaging the neck. And then um, our friends at Samina Bed, they created an incline bed and they taught me about incline sleeping. So you can actually raise your bed, your, um, your head rather about three to five degrees and that kind of tilt um, in your bed so your head can drain better at night. So, um, so yeah, I think the lymphatic system is really important. It's foundational to keep our brains healthy. And it's also important to support um, if you, um, you know, are suffering from any condition to help um, improve and heal your brain. I love it. And if you already have neurological issues, whether it's brain fog, or you're suffering from MS or dementia, or Parkinson's. These are all signs and signals from your body that something is out of balance. And it just, everything that you offer is just a gem because mm -hmm. all of these areas are, it's just so important foundationally to help support the body getting back to balance. And that's where healing happens, right? Mm -hmm. And they're simple. I mean, you don't have to buy a new bed, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. you can just prop up your mattress a couple inches and that would be super effective and give it a try, right? Mm -hmm. See how you feel. Mm -hmm. See how you feel. Just mm -hmm. give it a try. Getting better sleep. I am a very early to bed and I'm asleep by nine o'clock. So I'm like yeah, practicing I what I preach. Awesome. Um, so I, I advocate having a bedtime and remembering that going to bed is not the same as going to sleep. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So is there is there a window, a special window in which the glymphatic system is extra hard at work doing mm -hmm. its job or is it happening through the course of the whole night? 
Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I don't know for sure, but I, I do know um, that it um, works more when we're in a kind of a deeper state of sleep, you know, so I, I do think, you know, having a bedtime and getting to bed before midnight um, and having, you know, at least seven, eight hours of sleep is only going to be in your favor. I think, um, you know, I think there's more to study around kind of yeah. optimizing time and flow, but, um, but yeah, I think all good points. Excellent. Well, you have just offered so much uh, to the world here. I wonder, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you would really like to state at the end? Oh, well, I mean, I think we we covered it. You know, um, I think there's a lot that we can do. I mean, I, I think... Um, Maybe just I, you know, just to close on, um, I think sometimes we under acknowledge also just some, and I, I know you probably share this with your audience, but simple techniques to help to ground our energy, you know, and grounding our energy um, can help us not only get into a parasympathetic state, but it also improves uh, circulation and flow in our body. We we know this. And so that's connecting with nature, um, putting your bare feet in the ground, or, um, you know, there's grounding pads to grounding discs you can put in your shoes to all sorts of things, but getting, um, you know, that connection and that flow of electrons in the body can be very supportive for our uh, lymphatic system. And then um, I always just love to touch on, um, you know, the energy of gratitude. Um, Gratitude is such an energy that um, is only health and energy giving. And so no matter what's going on in your life or in your, in your health and in your world, um, making time for gratitude. um, I try to do a practice in the morning and in the evening. Um, and so that can just really um, not only make us feel better, but we know that it creates more coherence in our heart, which informs our brain and can create more health um, in our lives. And so I think that's, uh, we all have access to it, you know, so I, I just wanted to maybe end on that. Wow. And I actually just felt my shoulders go down a little bit, mm-hmm. like healing only happens in the parasympathetic mm-hmm. response, right? Mm-hmm. When we're relaxed And I have found through neurofeedback and practices that I do that my state of coherence and working with heart math, Mm -hmm. doing gratitude and forgiveness practices is an amazing pathway into that coherence that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that, that healing state. So what a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much. Thank you, Palmer. I am. So happy that we had a chance to have this conversation and I can't wait to have you back to talk more because there are a million different directions we could go in and I'm grateful for you. That's how I feel. Oh, thank you, Palmer. And thank you so much for having me on, you know, this recording. And I know that you're doing amazing work and I just really appreciate knowing you. So thank you. Thank you, Christine. I look forward to the next time soon. Me too. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends and family. And if you feel inspired, please leave a quick review so other people can find it too. Now, if you want to beat autoimmune and thrive, make sure you sign up for my free video training at freeautoimmunetraining.com. That's freeautoimmunetraining.com. And watch the first video right away. Take good care. Bye for now.